0: Hi there! Welcome to episode 9 of Are We There Yet?
1: Thanks for tuning in. This week we'll be taking a look at a protest at Penn and using that to transition to a larger discussion about free speech and censorship.
0: The topic of free speech is particularly relevant in what some characterize as an election season full of hate speech, and what others call an era of political correctness gone mad.
1: Recently at Penn, A talk with CIA director John Brennan was shut down by protester disruptions. We begin by hearing what a few Penn students who attended the event thought of the incident. Personally, I thought that the protesters did the wrong thing by interrupting Brennan. By doing so, they infringed upon his First Amendment rights. At the same time, there were a lot of good things about their message. They brought up the dangers of U.S. drone strikes and also mentioned international law and I credit them for doing that. I just wish that they'd done so in a more respectful manner. It's really
0: a difficult situation, just because on one hand, I really respect people's right to voice their opinions, and I think that's something that's very important. Um, But with the demonstration at the uh, Brennan discussion, um, you know, the big problem is that there was no discussion. They weren't letting him talk. People were there, they wanted to learn about the CIA, learn about their opinions, and you know, after, the director said what he had to say, um, the audience should have been able to form, you know, their own ideas on it, and I just don't think that impeding the discussion gets us anywhere. What a lot of Penn students perceive of this event is that it was a shutdown of opposing ideas, and even if their goal was to increase discussion about an issue, it didn't allow for that to happen.
1: I really loved the daily pennsylvanian article about this story by ali johnson so i wanted to give her a bit of a shout out on this podcast for whoever's listening even though she doesn't know me she ended the article with um, a quote from a college freshman that i'm just going to recirculate in this podcast and he said instead of trying to open up a dialogue they tried to shut it down
0: at the same time i'm considering that you know marginalized groups don't have the kind of um, platform on which to speak about the issues they care about the way that um, people in power do. And so there's an issue when, where we talk about this wasn't an appropriate time to protest or not an appropriate time to talk about these things. We're talking about this. And so when is the appropriate time and um, how can we provide a platform for people to talk about these issues?
1: You're right, it's too easy to dismiss protesters as speaking up inappropriately or when it's not their time. But if it is their only medium of voicing their thought, then it has to be protected on that level at least.
0: And on a more practical level, do these kinds of protests help their cause or do they just cast them in a negative light? Um, One kind of protest where I personally don't like is when Protesters block a highway because that's so inconvenient for normal people. And, you know, that kind of protest does bring a lot of um, media coverage to the protest, but at what cost? And people who are on the fence on this issue are much more likely not to support it now.
1: I think it very much depends on the issue and the groups that are being targeted. In my opinion, not being an expert in the art of protest, <laughs> I definitely think that. It's so important to make sure that protesters don't just consider, I guess, getting any media attention, but also being very careful about what kind of media attention they're getting. I can definitely say that the protest here at Penn has been received largely negatively.
0: A similar event to the protest that happened recently at Penn is an incident at Emory University, and that's close to where I'm from. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. And some students felt threatened by uh, Trump 2016 chalk writings that were written across campus and they asked administration to find out the perpetrators and um, meet some sort of punishment.
1: Um, Do you know what happened afterwards? What did the administration say responding? So
0: initially they agreed to um, what they asked for but later they changed their position and said that Emory was in support of free speech. And so I think the president of the school um, wrote in chalk um, that Emory supports free speech.
1: Wow, in chalk. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So chalk has been politicized. (laughs) A lot of students felt threatened by this um, kind of what they termed as hateful speech, even though um, the chalk writing didn't specifically call them out. They just felt that Trump's campaign and the person is just um, a symbol for all these kinds of oppression and and hatefulness.
1: I understand where they're coming from because when I first heard some of the things that Trump would say during the debates, I generally felt that That is not the kind of language that would typically be allowed to air on TV. I mean, it's the kind of thing that would get TV producers fired if that content was aired in the media for people to listen to. And I was just sort of confused by the whole general complacency towards it. But I began to see that in some ways, Trump's campaign has exposed a lot of present racism and a lot of hateful thought that exists. But that
0: these, um, these kind of Comments don't come out of nowhere. It's it was already present.
1: Exactly. And I feel like our general political correctness usually stops those comments from ever being brought to attention. Only hide them. Well no, that's exactly it. That it does only hide them. So even though I guess what Trump is saying is so hateful, in some ways it's forcing everyone in this country to recognize that racism is a very real issue. (laughs)
0: And personally, if I was at a Trump rally, I would not feel like, I would not feel physically safe. Like, I would (laughs) actually feel threatened by the people around me.
1: Hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say is that political correctness is important because it can lead to a sense of safety. I mean, groups should feel safe. But at the same time, are they safe if people hate them secretly and just aren't allowed to say anything about it? (laughs)
0: Um, There was one person who pointed out there's a difference between emotional comfort and physical safety. So although these um, the Trump chalk writings at Emory uh, may have made the students feel emotionally uncomfortable, they didn't actually physically threaten them or impede their access to education. So they're still constitutionally protected. And when we talk about beyond just um, legal implications for Um, protecting free speech. There's also social consequences to when you say things that people may not agree with or take offense to. And that's a different way of policing what kinds of things people can say in public.
1: I'm much more okay with there being a social level of policing towards free speech in order to promote safety and good communications between different groups of people.
0: And just the other day, you and I were talking about how satire and comedy is often used to break through these, like, political correctness, like, the PC barriers.
1: No, I definitely think humor and satire is a place where we wholeheartedly accept that we're saying things that aren't politically correct. <laughs>
0: like, it's, it's set aside, and that's why it's okay, because it's, like, a specific time and place where we can talk like this.
1: I guess what makes it more okay is that implicit acknowledgement that what one is saying is not politically correct. I think knowing that what you're saying is not politically correct.
0: Being self-aware.
1: Yeah, being self-aware, I think, definitely changes the tone of that, as opposed to ignorance.
0: Some comedians have said that they no longer want to go to colleges because um, some students protest them and say that they don't want them here.
1: I wish that people could understand when there is a place though to break past political correctness. I think that political correctness can definitely limit the way we think about situations because we're so afraid to say certain things that we actually can't even admit that they exist.
0: These words are so abstract now and What I think of when I think of political correctness is just thinking about how others will react to what you say and just not being mean.
1: I guess sort of going over what we've been trying to get at today. I think we need to do everything we can to keep conversations and real conversations between different people open. If we can't talk about things that are not politically correct then we can't really talk about how to solve them and solve the root, I guess, emotions or beliefs that lead to politically incorrect thought.
0: My takeaway from this discussion is that if our goal of protecting free speech is about opening up communication, then we should try to directly address what we're opposed to. College administration isn't a political entity and their primary objective is to facilitate education. So when we talk about When different kinds of protests are appropriate, I think protests should be directed at the opposition and not at people caught in the crossfire, like people who are kept from driving to work by blocking highways. Thanks for listening to our latest episode on protest and censorship.
1: Hope to see you again next week.